0: All
1: right, we are recording, here we go, episode 37. Of the current gen podcast. My name is Tim, and I'm here with Derek, Dan, and Dan. So, we have Dan Phillips joining us this week to talk all about our new consoles. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out and talking. What's up? The double D's are back. We're going to talk about uh, new stuff.
2: Make things real confusing. <laughs> That's right.
0: Just confusing <laughs> double D's. Triple D's, and that would be double <laughs> fair, yeah. fair enough.
2: Fair enough. Yep, fair enough.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Thanks, guys. I knew we could bring it up to a mature level before we got too far into the episode. Absolutely. So I appreciate Tim. it. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Well, listen, of course, this is a really exciting episode because most of you listening are either currently playing your brand new next generation consoles or you're going to get them hopefully in the near future, which is that's the boat that I'm in. Or you're just very aware of and interested in the topic overall. The next generation of video game consoles has begun. It's just kind of an interesting, exciting <laughs> Uh, and uh, fascinating time uh, for everybody. So we wanted to invite Dan Phillips on as well. Not only is he a friend of ours, he's been on the show in the past, but also I've seen him posting about it. He's got both of the new consoles. He got them both in a pretty timely manner, it looked like, and has had a chance to play them. So I wanted to make sure we had uh, some additional uh, insights into what people are thinking about these, these systems, the PS5 and Xbox Series X. So we'll talk at the end about games we're playing we might even dive into any games we don't talk about as we talk about new consoles but i want to just jump right into this new generation of consoles conversation and i want to start with our guest dan phillips find out from you overall what's your first impressions. let's just start with uh, the xbox series x and i just want to get your first impressions from opening the box to firing it up what was it like for you how excited are you
2: Um, you know, I love new console generations, um, try to get in on them as early as I can. I couldn't make a decision what I wanted to get. So like you said, I got both of them, but, uh, the Xbox actually came first. So I got them a day apart, um, which is kind of nice. Got the Xbox day, uh, the day after launch on Wednesday. And, um, it was pretty exciting. Um, you know, I, I had seen the unboxings and everything online, but, uh, getting it out of the box and, and just cutting those tabs. And then the box just kind of opened up beautifully and just presented inside is, is this nice little wrapped up package with a note from Xbox. And, and it just looked, you know, like a, a real nice display. It was a cool thing to open. Um, you know, it, and it's something that doesn't last very long, but it made a, a nice first impression. So, um, it was cool doing that. I was super excited to get it. Um, and yeah, and everything from there was just kind of a snap. So um, it it uh, came out pretty easy. There wasn't a lot to it. Just a box, a couple cables, and honestly, I don't have a 120 hertz uh, display. I, I got a, a monitor, but it uh, it only supports 1440p at 120 hertz. So I didn't need the 2.1 cable. So I literally unhooked my uh, Xbox One X and plugged the Series X into the same consoles. Plug or the same cables and then plugged my external hard drive into it. I powered it on, and the first thing it prompted me to do was to uh, open up the Xbox app and go through the setup process. So I just popped the app open on my phone, it kind of walked me through everything. The console started downloading the updates and uh, doing this stuff in the background while the app kind of walked me through my preferences and and uh setting up a little bit of the finer details there so it was a it was a really nice smooth process um it went really slick uh there was you know a a little bit to do it didn't take the console too long to update maybe you know five to ten minutes in that range and once it was done it just booted up um it was you know just like home something I, i was very familiar with and uh knew exactly what was there and and all my games from my external hard drive, they were just there and I was off and going. Um, there was literally nothing to it. So
1: was it uh, was it pretty much the same and remind me if I'm mis- misremembering this, but isn't it the same kind of home experience that's currently on the Xbox One that was recently yep. updated?
2: Yep. So um yeah, they updated the Xbox One uh UI probably like a month ago or something like that. So it's the exact same update from that. Um there is literally only one difference and on the Series X you can enable a dynamic theme for your background. Um gotcha. There's that and there's a, a few more um settings options as far as like your in your uh tv display and those types of things but um everything's just exactly where it was um literally nothing's different so um and that was a little bit of a weird feeling it was a little bit of a mixed bag it was like cool i know what i'm doing i'm right off you know know where i need to go know where all my stuff is but a little anticlimactic in the in the same breath you know I it gotcha. uh, yeah. It's a it's a, this brand new console and it's literally the same thing I I was looking at the night before. So Yeah, that's
1: what I was wondering was like cuz I've got the Xbox 1X and I've got that new look and feel and I I like it. I don't think mm-hmm. it's perfect, but I, you know, I like it better than what it was before and I think it's fine, but I was just imagining you fire up this brand new console that you just got and you you know, you know that the the hardware is just a huge step forward and it can do so much more than the previous consoles could, but I just wonder if that takes away from the excitement a bit when you when you uh, log in, it's like oh, it's the same same exact home screen I'm using. So to.
2: Okay. It, it it was a little different, you know, having that experience because, like you said, when you get this new console, usually it's a new interface and all that. But it was honestly exactly like upgrading my iPhone, uh, going mm-hmm. from an iPhone eight to an iPhone ten. Everything looks the same. Um, uh, you know, it, there, there really isn't a, there, there's some more bells and whistles behind the scenes and the settings and, and that kind of stuff, but literally the UI and how everything operates, um, there, there's really no major difference there. Gotcha. So it was different. I'm, I'm a fan of the UI. I actually really like it. So, um, I was okay with that. And, um, you know, it, it was just a different experience and I guess what I'm used to. Um, when it comes to firing up a new console. The plus yeah, side, yeah. there was nothing new to learn, um, you know, not really, uh, w- which was nice, and, and everything was right up there. I, I really like how the UI operates. Um, everything's there within a button press or two um, between their quick menu or just hitting the, the options button over a game or something brings up everything you want to do with it, whether it's, you know, finding it in the store, uh, managing your downloads on it, you know, all that stuff's just right there a button press away. I know how it all works. So it was it was helpful in that sense. Um so I did get the one terabyte uh expandable um SSD card with it. And you know, I just popped that into the back of it um as I was setting it up and all my storage options were there. It showed my external hard drive. Um and then I just started grabbing my games, you know, because really wasn't uh any new games that came out with the Xbox or anything how dare you okay how
1: dare you call that out (laughs) you know uh the the, the new
2: the new new stuff that came out was like assassin's creed and and you know gears tactics and and you know there was some some stuff there but it all came out on tuesday i got my console wednesday so i had it all downloaded to my external hard drive on my one x and um and so i figured okay well it's time to move stuff over to the ssds you know we we want to take advantage of that so what I started doing then is is it's a very simple process, um, just going into my games or just going into the storage uh, UI part of it, selecting what games I want to move over, click it, and it's kind of like a download. It all goes into a queue, and it all goes in the background. Um, so you can go back to your settings, play a game, do whatever you want while this is taking place, and it just moves your games over from the external hard drive to the internal or to gotcha. the whatever SSD you choose. And it went really quick. I, I moved you know about forty uh, gigabyte games in about three to four minutes. So it Dang. it really it really didn't take too long to do that. That's pretty that, great. That That's part great. was quick. And then yeah. you know first thing I wanted to do was fire up Assassin's Creed on my new uh, shiny Xbox. So I go to load the game. It loads to the AC screen that immediately backs out to the Xbox menu again, which it does when a game needs an update. Well, since I had it on the external or on the SSD now, it recognized it as a Series X game and it wants you to upgrade it in order to play it. So as far as I know, um, the only way around it is, is to leave it on the, the external and, you know, which you don't get the benefits then of the upgrade and the next gen versions. You'd literally be playing a backwards compatible version. So once I, I uh, moved the games over, they wanted to update the games from there and those were pretty meaty updates those are like 30 40 gigabyte updates um so that did take a little bit of while you know because that's okay. just going over my normal download speed so so then it's like 30 minutes or, or something like that to download the updates which that's fine I, I went and did some other stuff for a little while and and uh came back and, And, you know, I had Forza and all those other games kind of downloading in the background, too, and it just goes one to the next. But once Assassin's Creed was updated, that was kind of where I jumped in and and was my first taste of of next-gen then. Now,
1: uh, Eag, when you opened your Xbox, did you have that same feeling that Dan described as like, all right, this thing just opened up, looks awesome. Like, Do you get that same kind of rush when you open the new systems, or is this old hat to you? How how did you respond to that stuff?
0: I was... uh... Way, way, I got by the way, I got both of them on the same day, so both came in on Friday, um, the 13th. And I was way, way more excited for the PS5. I know I'm the Xbox, but I was way more excited for the PS5. Um, so that was the first one I set up. I actually didn't open up my Xbox until Saturday. Because, you got the Series X on Friday and didn't even
1: open it till Saturday? Yeah, I just
0: left it in the box. Well, because, I mean, I'm not going to bore people, but basically what I did is I set the PS5 up, and then I left and went out to dinner with a friend. Okay. And then okay. when I got back, I was only really interested in the PS5, and then I set it up on Saturday. I got something. Um, but basically, uh, my, my thoughts while Dan was talking that I had with the, the Series X – Is I felt the same way, Um, maybe a little even more or less excited. And here's why. Like, I love the ease of setting it all up, but I did in the end hate the fact that it is the same. I'm not saying that they should have changed it. I get what their messaging is, I understand. And he brought up a good point about, you know, you get a new iPhone, you still have like the same OS, everything looks the same, even though you have an upgraded version of it. Um, so I totally get that, but it just takes away from the excitement because you know everything. And it, it felt like I was just playing the same system. And I think what added on to it for me personally is there was no excitement for any of the games. Like they do have games that are not on the PS5. Like they have gears tactics. They have, um, the Falconeer, I believe is not on the PS5. They have, uh, uh Yakuza that's not on the PS5 those are three solid games that you know you should be excited for or or they wanted you to be excited for but for me personally I wasn't like I gave Gears 5 a shot on PC didn't get into it and I tried multiple times and I still have no interest in it Gears Tactics right yeah Gears Tactics okay and then um And then the Falconeer, I didn't even bother buying because I watched it and I was like, this actually looks fun. But with all the games, I know I won't play it. So I'm not going to buy it. And then the only reason why I actually bought Yakuza Like a Dragon, because I actually wasn't going to buy it, is I used it as my free game from Target. Um, I am kind of glad I got that one, though, because I did start it and it's pretty cool. Point of me going over it, though nothing that I was excited for. Even Destiny 2, like I was super excited. This was the game I was actually most excited about was the fact that I could play Beyond Light with Game Pass. And I was like, oh, awesome. So that's that justifies my Series X purchase. Well, it really doesn't. I didn't do any research. And I to come to find out, it's not even patched for the Series X yet. So I even while I was playing, I was like, man, this doesn't feel like 60 frames per second. It doesn't look any different than the One X. That is a bummer. And yeah, that's
2: coming in December, if I remember. Yeah, that.
0: December 8th. So I was really bummed about that. Bummer, so, yeah. So for me personally, it sucked out all the excitement for that box. I still think it's a good purchase. I'm not like sad, like, oh, why do I buy this? Because there's going to be games that I'm going to want to play on it. Just right now, everything I'm buying personally is on the PS5. So... I bought all my even multi-plat stuff because I was actually uh, real excited to to see what the DualSense was going to be all about. Plus, I knew I was going to play all the first-party stuff on the PS5, all the exclusives. So I didn't want to have to switch back and forth from each console. I'd rather stay focused on the PS5. So I bought third-party stuff there. So as far as my impressions with the ps5 switching over from xbox way more excited i heard people complaining about their setup with the ps5 it was not difficult but keep in mind again once i told them to transfer all the data over i left the house Mm -hmm. so i don't know how long it took it had an estimated time of like three hours so yeah i would be bummed if i was just sitting around for three hours but i was gone um, but as far as getting through the menus, grabbing all the data that I wanted to grab, even the, the, the way it was transferring the save data, they basically just told me to go turn my PS4 on. That's all I had to do. And then they automatically started grabbing the data from the PS4 and transferring it to the PS5. Nice. So I, I, I downloaded all the saves and most of my PS4 games, well, not most of my own a ton, but like. The ones that I was like, yeah, I would play this on the PS5. So I had already had when I got home from hanging out, I had already had all that stuff on on my console ready to go.
1: I gotcha. So when you open, actually, let's ask Dan this because he's our Sony boy. So I want to give him a chance to describe what it was like. You got your PS5, it arrived, and you got to open it up. What was that like for you? Because you're such a big PlayStation fan, you've gotten every system. What was that like for you, Mister Freitas, to uh, um, to finally get that thing?
3: Well, you know, it was tricky. I had a, you know, I just recently bought a house, and I do have a slider door at uh, right outside my kitchen, but the the damn thing just wouldn't fit through the slider door. So I had to take down <laughs> the entire wall. I needed uh-huh, a forklift uh-huh. to bring the thing in. You know, she's, yeah, you had to crane lower it into yeah, place. She's really beefy, mm-hmm. so it was. you yeah, know, I had to take the whole <laughs> wall down, but it was worth it for this five hundred dollar console. So. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, she she's she's a big lady. But uh yeah, I mm. took her out and I examined everything. Is the controller obviously was like what I kind of wanted everyone's like just loving this controller, so I was like, Oh, I can't wait to see what the big deal is with this controller and um out of the box quick, you don't quick
1: side note on the controller, Yeah. any of the three of you who know this, please answer. But um I've been really curious to get this and play it on PC, but is that a bad move? Dual sense. It, yeah
2: it, it's not gonna give you the haptic feedback or the triggers. Yeah.
1: It would depend you, on the game. So it'll just play like a pretty standard
3: controller. Yeah. If yeah. You, like you'll you'll just get,
2: you'll just get normal rumble and I'm not yeah. sure if the triggers would do anything for yeah. you. Well, that's, oh, okay. so that's All
3: literally right. what I was about to say was out of the box. Like when I was pulling on the triggers, like it just kind of felt like regular triggers. Okay. But once you're okay. in a certain game, depending on how it's programmed with the controller, that's when you actually notice like in that moment, whatever you're doing, if it's requiring mm-hmm. the using the triggers, it's going to have oh. the different um, sort of, uh, pressure to it uh which so is you so fired cool. up the
1: ps5 did you like that it was like a it, it was totally different experience than anything you had done before like ps4 yeah like well experience that's the fun thing experience. about
3: getting a new system right like you're getting a new machine it looks different it's new and then like you boot it up and like the actual ui is different and and fun yeah. I, I definitely get the points that dan was making with it kind of feeling familiar so it's nice not having to learn anything um i definitely uh, agree with that just in a general sense, but I do like sort of the fun newness to like having the new UI and the new machine and just everything being new. So um, it wasn't overly complicated.
2: No, and and I think if you know how to use a, a PS four, um, yeah. it's very similar to that. It's just new layout, and, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. obviously have new features and new things. But it, it was cool having it turn on, and and then just kind of having this whole new experience. So, and that that's much more typical of what you get when you you buy a new console or next gen mm-hmm. console. And and it was great when it did that, and uh, you know, and I like it. the mm-hmm. The downside of it is some of it is a little cumbersome um, to navigate through. Mm. Uh, but you know it, it's nothing that can't be ironed out in their updates it's just yeah some, some of the stuff hey, that's, they what, did that's what that's what switch PS-
1: owners have been saying for years and <laughs> <know>. Shop still <laughs> hasn't been updated
2: so well, nintendo, well,
1: nintendo just likes to keep it simple you know
2: so, <laughs> yeah. sony did a lot of great things i think with the ps5 ui and a lot of the updates are really slick there's just some things maybe they didn't anticipate or maybe aren't working the way that they had anticipated. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. that's making it a little bit more of a challenge on users. And I I had a a completely different, uh, you know, uh, experience um, getting mine set up and and ready to go than Derek did. Um, What I did is I just uploaded all my saves to the cloud uh, through PS Plus Plus. And then I I put all my PS4 games that I wanted to bring over and I I just put them on my external hard drive. So I I did the same thing like I did with my Xbox. I just, you know, unhooked the cables, had to run a new power cable, but um, plugged it in, plugged in my external hard drive, booted it up. Uh It didn't really uh, take me through an app, though. I think you can set it up through the app. Um, I just didn't. It prompted me to use the app to sign in with my PSN profile. So when I got to that point in the setup, then I I hopped on the app and and did some two factor authentication or whatever. And and it logged me into the PS five. But then, you know, when I went to my library, all my PS four games are there. It it showed they were all on an an external and everything is there. My saves weren't technically there, but if you go into the, the storage um, or your, your save data on the console, you can access your PS four, uh, cloud saves and See, you just go is that there. how you did it dan yeah so basically what i did is i just anything that was on my external hard drive it was there ready to play and i could boot up ghost of tsushima it would give me it looked great on the ps5 give me 60 frames a second but it'd be standard load times coming off my external yeah. well the reason, it, I,
3: the, the reason i the reason i asked is because i i tried going through Cause when you're setting up the PlayStation, it, it straight up says like, Hey, do you want to transfer everything?
2: Yep, and I, I, and I just skipped that. Cause I right. heard everybody's like, it's taken, you know, hours on Wi-Fi. You could plug it in, use a LAN cable, all this shit. And I'm like, I'm not messing around with well, all that. Like, I think I know what I'm doing. So I just, I just skipped all over all that. It brought me to the the home screen and I just went to the library. Everything's on my external. So then I just picked and choose what I wanted to move over my SSD much like Mm -hmm. I did with my Xbox and it worked the same except after I initiated the transfer it literally locks you into a transfer screen and you just got to watch a progress bar so I wasn't as smart about it that way Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I would do something in the background so the first like 20-30 minutes I had my PS5 I watched a progress bar but um, but after that got over then I just select whatever game I wanted download my my cloud data and and it was just like I was off and going again. It was honestly really slick. Well,
3: the reason I asked is because I, I was trying to do it through the through the settings there as well, where it has sort of, uh, you know, the save the game data, save PS five, PS four. When I clicked on PS four, it kept saying like something's wrong or whatever. Like it yep. was giving me an error message. So,
2: so I, 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 I got an, yep. I got an error message. The yeah. first few times I did it too. What I did is just did a, a, re, a hard reset of the console. Oh, okay. um, after I reset the console and rebooted the UI and went back to it again, then it yeah. connected. To I the, did it. The I the just file. did
3: it the other way then, which literally yeah. only took me like a matter of three to four minutes. So
2: that's not, bad.
1: that's not bad.
3: But that was just so the saves. I didn't trade I didn't I didn't transfer over the games because what I did was I was individually clicking on certain games to kind of bring over. Um mm-hmm. oh, gotcha. just like okay. you know, the other way, like downloading going to the game library and dial downloading it that way. But when I was trying to do the saves, um the cloud was like giving me an issue. So I, I did sort of like the uh yep. where you turn on the PlayStation Four, you like hold it for a second and then it like kind of making sure that they're both on the network so then it was sending it over wi-fi yep um, no and that was and bad, I, I,
2: so. I heard that works good for the the you know transferring your save data that yeah, way yeah. and I, I would probably recommend doing it because then you could do that all in one bunch i just do it like uh download it per game and it only takes like a second or yeah, something exactly to, Dude, you know so, so Side i
3: the downloads for the games are insane Like, they're so fast.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry to tell you, Dan, but they're exactly as fast as my Xbox now, which I'm happy about. No, that's (laughs) fine.
3: But, like, on the PS4, it took a while. Oh
2: it was notoriously
1: slow on the ps4 yeah
2: yeah. so i get the same download now on my my series my series x it downloads the same as my one x but my ps5 finally matches that speed i downloaded uh demon souls in like 30 40 minutes which is about what it would take my xbox so i was very happy whereas like my ps4 that would have taken two hours or something
1: so freitas let me ask you i know that this isn't quite the level of hype as like a Final Fantasy seven remake, for example. But sure. Um, I know it's close though. I know you're you you were you've been so excited for this, waiting for this to happen. What was the first game? You finally got things set up. The transfers are ready, whatever. You're logged in mm. and you can fire up a game. What's the first game you tried? So I sent it a was it a text earlier when I was talking about frames per
3: second. Uh-huh. Yep. And, and yep. reluctantly uh admitted that Derek's been right this whole time. Uh, I've seen the light. <laughs> All right. I've seen, I've seen the light. I, I'm down a new path. All right. Anything that's below 60 frames per second is unacceptable.
2: All right. Oh my gosh. gosh. Oh, Derek, we got a snobby <laughs> Dan. You know, he, that's absolutely true. I mean, once you, once you start getting 60 frames on these consoles, it's just, you know,
3: Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Miles Morales uh, at 60 frames is like, is insane.
0: Well, here's and what's I, crazy to me. Um, Speaking of Miles Morales and uh, both Miles Morales and Demon Souls, so well I can see, I can tell a little difference with Demon Souls if you mm-hmm. switch it from um, from Fidelity to Performance. Demon yeah. Souls is absolutely amazing fidelity wise, but uh, Miles Morales, I was legit like uh, I don't I was expecting a big difference, not yeah. like you know fourteen forty p or something, but I expect yeah. a big. I didn't see it, and I was like, well, what's the point?" Like, I think it's um... wrong. Ray tracing's cool, yeah. but I gotta say,
2: ray tracing is only cool in certain games. So, because... is ray
3: tracing like the lighting and reflections, yeah, is that what it is.
2: Well, okay, yep. Yeah. So, in Miles Morales, I mean, the first thing I did, I, I played it, you know, in the thirty frames per second with the ray tracing and all that, and it was cool. Swinging through the city, like the the windows on the buildings, they they seem to reflect a little more. I'm like, okay, yeah. that looks nice, and and whatnot and i switched over to the 60 frames you know mode and i didn't think it looked any worse and swinging through the city is like still get pretty good reflections on all this like yeah it looks really good lighting's great and the 60 frames a second is just like oh like that's how you want to play spider-man i kept
3: popping it back and forth and at one point it was like raining so when i had Mm -hmm. it on um is it performance no not performance Mm -hmm. it's fidelity when it's for the ray tracing and all that right yep yep um I, I had turned the camera, da- so it was raining, and there was, like, kind of one of those, um, you know, those giant, like, slabs of, like, metal that they put over, like, a a po- like a whole area that they're digging, like, when they're mm-hmm. doing construction in the road, um, and the rain was kind of, like, bouncing off that, and cars were turning, like, over it, and the way that the lights were reflecting from the headlights with the rain and bouncing off of that was, like, super detailed. And then yeah. when I switched it back over to performance, it was not nearly as detailed. But, like, you'd have to literally be looking for those moments. Like, so, when you have it on it, fidelity.
2: Yeah, so the only way that I've seen that noticeable difference, and what you're talking about is exactly true. Like, in the car reflections and, yeah. and rain and certain things like that, you're going to see better lightings, better reflections, and more detail. But the only um places in the game i've noticed it to where it like makes a very large impact it seems like mostly when you're indoors or in mm. buildings that have like marble type floors and okay. stuff like that um in 60 frames you don't get a lot of detail coming off the reflections and lighting there but when you turn that yeah. fidelity mode on it's like a whole different image that you get yeah. at that point and it's really cool to see but i do kind of favor yeah. the, like- the more fluid frames the
3: the bottom line is like spider-man miles morales is a gorgeous game so Mm -hmm. like the 60 frames per second is just worth that smoothness over the the fidelity option i think personally so like it just runs so and
0: it just it's so smooth (laughs) it's insane yeah i'm a fidelity guy but um for both miles morales and demon souls i'm just going performance yeah. I, I didn't even think there, there was
2: a difference on Demon Souls, uh, uh, going between the cinematic and the performance mode. Like, I didn't think it looked any better in cinematic mode. Like, I but saw the frame
0: difference, but it's not. It's yeah, not, it's yeah not. I,
2: I didn't think there was enough. Like the the frames per second definitely is what matters in that game. I guess we're so used to
0: like PS4 Pro. If you pick performance over fidelity you're dropping like usually anywhere from 440 to 800 P's because most of their games would run at 1440 P and 1800 P. And then if you do performance, again, this is most games, not all, you are dropping to 1080 P and you could tell the difference with 1080 P on a TV. On this, you're basically getting 4K on both. You're just picking which one has more... Like in, if you're playing on a PC, you would decide whether you want to play ultra settings or medium or high, and that's all you're doing here. So you're just turning mm-hmm. the settings down, probably one, in order to hit a clean 60 frames per second, and that's yeah. that's what I like. I like the fact that I can sit here and play these games, get 60 frames per second, get either native 4K or close to native 4K, but I, 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 the settings are so nice. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to to really tell. The only time I tell, and this is me being snobby PC guy, is when I was um, when I was uh, hooked up to my 4K monitor. Yeah, I was going to ask you,
1: Derek, which screens are you using for these consoles?
0: So I originally hooked the PS5 up to the 4K monitor, and when I started playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I was disappointed because I could tell it wasn't native 4K and it's not oh i can i i saw somewhere it wasn't native 4k so therefore i can't t- i can tell now no i thought it honestly looked better on my pc playing on 1440p and then i switched the ps5 over to my big screen and i'm playing assassin's creed valhalla on there and it looks better and i think it's because i'm not sitting so close and my monitor is very like bright and very detailed so it will point out if it's not native it does not look good because i don't even like 1440p on my 4k monitor because mm. you can just tell it looks soft it looks trashy but when i switched over to my big screen i actually found that i am enjoying playing on the consoles there better mm. because yeah. most of the games not all of them most of them are not native 4k which is sad to a certain extent. So it doesn't, it's not going to look as good on my monitor, but it'll look good on the big screen. And I, I think I'm impressed personally with the power that I'm seeing from these first party games. Like I legit am going, this is what I wanted for next gen. And on paper, and we've had our debates, not Dan and I, Dan and I are usually siding with Xbox, but we've had like our debates in the group on like, you know, these teraflops do matter. Xbox is uh, advertising as the most powerful console right now with my experience. And I, I have a caveat and I'll say it in a second. My experience right now is the PS five looks way better, but that's because again, they've released first party games that are built for this console. And until I see, Microsoft release a Gear Six or something like that, where I'm like, "Holy crap!" Or at least I'm hoping that's what they'll get me to say. Right now, I don't care if you're advertising the most powerful console; you're not the most powerful console. Like, okay, far- but let me just pause you real
1: quick on that. I don't know if that's totally true. If you were to have Valhalla on both consoles, well, and, and what that- I've seen is that third-party games on both of these. Are at least equal, if not the edge, going to the Xbox. And I might have misread that, but I feel like that's been a pretty consistent report that I've seen for games no. like Valhalla.
2: And and that's what I would say to Derek. And I I completely get where you're going here. There is no first party like game like Miles Morales or Demon Souls that goes wow. But after playing both consoles, um, you know, and I I bought all my third party stuff on Xbox because that's typically what I do. So I have my Call of Duty and and Assassin's Creed there, and I've played plenty of Demon Souls and uh, Miles Morales out of everything that I've played so far the, the game that looks and, and runs the best is Valhalla and you know I'm sure it is the same way on PS5 but to me that game so far has been this is what a next gen games look like and I'm not saying Demon Souls or Spider-Man looks bad uh, Spider-Man looks really good um, but it, it's not that much more improved over what you saw on a, a PS4 Pro um, it, it obviously runs a hell of a lot better at 60 frames a second, but running at 60 frames a second, you know, it, it's very similar to the the fidelity that you would get, um, you know, on, on some of those games and, and Demon's Souls and its art style, it looks gorgeous and everything, but it doesn't, uh, you know, and, and those Vistas are incredible. I mean, I, I, I can't uh, knock it for that, but it's just what I've seen in a big open world game like AC Valhalla, that's the one that screams, like next well, so far and i haven't seen it on a ps5 and i i would think that it's the the you know the same over there but out of everything i've played i already
0: did the research on it like valhalla is basically the same across and that's why i yeah. brought up first party mm-hmm. is because really the news that's coming out so far and this is where i'm most disappointed and i'm hoping this will change because again i bought a series x so it's not like i'm trying to justify why i only bought a ps5 my my frustration with their advertising this as the most powerful console but i'm just talking out the gate obviously things can change down the road that's how it always works um out the gate they have not impressed me by blowing us away and saying here's why because we're focused on graphics right now but i mean again this is next gen the first thing we notice is graphics. Here's why you would want the most powerful console, because you can play Valhalla at. And my thought was that that was going to be their big game, that they were going to be able to say, we run it better than what you would experience on the PS5. And they didn't. Valhalla looks good, don't get me wrong. I agree with Dan as far as it does look next gen. And comparing it to my PC, because I played 10 hours on PC and I played 5 hours on the PS5. The 10 hours on PC I played at ultra settings at 1440p. It looks way better than what's on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. That being said, that doesn't mean the Xbox Series X or the PS5 version is extremely lower. It's not. It's just you can tell it's not at ultra settings. I would say it's probably at medium to high. And that does impact the way a game looks. Plus, it's not at native 4K. So I think that's where a little bit of my disappointment is with this launch of the Series X is you don't have that first party game. You have first party games, but you don't have one that's I must own this and it looks amazing and runs amazing. And then your big one that you started really like advertising, like, "Hey, this is why you want a Series X because you want to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla on the most powerful console." They didn't do anything to separate themselves from PS5, mm-hmm. and that is there was two reasons I bought Valhalla on the PS5, and that's um, I told you all before I wanted to kind of keep them all on the same console. I didn't want to be switching back and forth; it would just be annoying. And then the second reason is the dual sense. The dual sense is where I feel like, yeah, feel you know, a little bit of a next gen. Like, hey, Xbox played it safe again. I have heard the the if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, but you can still improve it or add things to it. No, you don't need to change it, but add something to it. And that's what I feel like Sony did. Yeah, they fixed something that. I wouldn't say broke. the The DualShock Four no. is not broke. It's a good controller. But they wanted but, to
3: like improve it, like a like make they it a different controller.
0: They're yeah. so dated on their controllers, and they're still even retarded about their their stick placement. They need to stop doing that. <laughs> no, the but, placement is fine. The placement no. is fine. <laughs>
1: That's so, Sony, as the as, as as the big Sony guy, Freitas, I, I want to hear what you think about this DualSense because I I'm really excited to use that controller. To me, it's a combination of there's two things really that are making me want to get a ps5 when it comes to next gen consoles more than a series x yeah to me the to me the power is so equivalent that i'm not worried about which one's going to look better to derek's point um xbox can talk about having the more powerful console all they want but until they actually put proof in the pudding and show that yep here's why it's more powerful you can do performance and fidelity mode all together or whatever um until they do something crazy like that then it's kind of a wash so then it comes down to what are the exclusive games and what's the controller preference the dual sense just looks and feels or i shouldn't say feels i haven't played with it yet but it looks awesome what are your impressions of the dual sense controller and then after you go uh, the other guys could chime in on their thoughts too um
3: i just want to also i just want to add as derek was saying the placement is just fine i've never liked the analog stick all the way to the left i think that feels weird but i'm also
0: just that's used because to you don't play anything but playstation let people that actually play different have an informed opinion listen I'm right i've here. held
3: the, nah. i've held the controller in my hand i'm not some like dumb newborn baby that's like i've never like, newborn baby <laughs> like i've never held this controller in my hand. like what is this? okay
1: but before you give me your thoughts on the dual sense i just gotta chime in on this i don't know why people have such strong opinions about this i've used both controllers i think they're both fine i think you adjust to whatever the controller is yeah and it no works obviously great. I just, yeah so I don't understand how there's such strong opinions on it, but yeah, whatever. No. Go, go ahead, Freitas. What do you think about it?
3: Um, yeah, so, in actually, right before we started recording, I, like, remember... Because I, I literally forgot, because I've been playing Spider-Man, which looks amazing, and Demon Souls, uh-huh. which looks amazing. Uh, I forgot uh-huh. about Astro's Playroom. Um, yeah. That, that's yeah. the thing that you want to play right now that really gives you, like... I mean between mind blowing to kind of being really impressed uh sort of views on the controller um the the adaptive triggers I wasn't really getting that full sensation with Miles um with uh Miles Morales or Demon Souls or even Valhalla cuz I mean you you have a bow in that but like it doesn't give you the feedback that I was expecting and then when I started um Astro's Playroom I was like oh Oh, okay. I see what's going on here. (laughs) Mm. Um, There's just way more emphasis with the pressure of the triggers, like when you're pulling down on them. Like when you Mm -hmm. boot it up, essentially it kind of really quickly, it shows you the controller on the screen. um, And then it kind of just like, it has like one, two, three, four, five, I think. And the first Mm -hmm. thing is like the adaptive triggers. So when you pull down on them, it kind of almost gives like this sort of like a jetpack effect coming out of the controller. But like, there's like a pressure to the triggers. It's not just like you're pulling down on them and it clickety clack like they always do. Like there's like a there's almost like a cushion slash kind of pressure when you're pushing down on it, um, mm. and it just feels really cool. Um, and then it does like the touchpad, which I mean we had on the PlayStation Four, but um, it's it's pretty accurate. Like you can it, it kind of like lets you draw on it, and it's very accurate. Um, nice. And then the vibration, the vibe or the haptic feedback. Sorry, because it's not vibrations. The haptic haptic feedback is very cool. So like. When you boot up the game, it's it's you know, Astro's playroom is on the screen and like playroom kind of like lights up from left to right and the controller is sort of like the feedback vibration is going from left to right, then you can actually feel that in the controller. Oh like that's it's cool. actually shifting from left to right.
2: That's
3: um, cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And then when you actually start playing it, it's super cool. Like the what like one of the moments that stuck out to me was um so the little Astrobot, I like jumped in sort of like this sphere, and I was um <clears throat> I was rolling around with the touchpad. So I was like kind of like flicking the touchpad and I was moving the ball around. And there was like a little like kind of bowling minigame thing that I did. Um, and then there was this path that I went down where the ground was like, it was like rocks, like a, like the side of a cliff. It, it had all these like different textures and dimensions to it. And as I, as I was rolling over it, like I could feel the way the controller was giving that feedback to me. Like it, I could feel like I could almost feel the texture. From That's just cool. the way that it was vibrating, it was very cool. Um, and then, like I said with the with the adaptive triggers, um, yeah, just certain certain parts where you're clicking down on them, there's just more pressure than there is at other moments. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely like it feels like it feels like a, a generational leap of consoles in a controller. Like the DualShock yeah. Four yeah. was what it was, and this is like a new system, so to speak. Like, it's are you it's already a feeling
1: one over away from the DualShock 4? Like, forget that I am all in on DualSense, <laughs> or do you still kind of want certain things that the DualShock 4 did? Um, no, I mean, this is definitely a better controller, absolutely.
3: Yeah. Um, it just it, and it's it's bulkier too. Um, so, like, so it, like, it feels nice in your hands. Like, if if you're like, play, what was that?
1: <laughs> I think it's just getting your echo on someone's audio. That's oh, okay.
3: Right. I thought Derek was being a pervert um (laughs) talking about getting his hands on something probably (laughs) um but yeah no it it feels nice and sturdy like it has it has um kind of more weight to it because all all the stuff that's going on in the controller um yeah i would say like if you if you just didn't touch the dualshock 4 for like a long time were playing with the with the dual sense and then you went back to holding that it would probably feel kind of like weird almost kind of like with the dual shock 3 because the dual shock 3 was a bit smaller than the 4 um and and it definitely felt almost like like a toy like when i was holding the dual shock 3 um like when i was playing dead space the other day because i actually had set up my ps3 um i was playing dead space for like halloween because i just wanted something spooky um and i i the dual three in my hand i was like this thing feels like a freaking toy like this is ridiculous um and now and now the four almost kind of feels that way too to be honest compared, compared to the, to dual the sense, DualSense, sense yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: um mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 absolutely a very cool controller some people will be, I mean
1: they, they had to come up with a new controller yeah. because their system looks like a spaceship so you have to have a new looking controller spaceship it's a, to... a
3: freaking yeah, yeah. Spaceship. especially if you it's... stand it up so i've never been one to ho- uh, have systems be vertical um i've always just like in my head had it horizontal just because i liked the way it looked that way and i always had like that fear because people would say oh if you if you have it vertical then the disc is more likely with the vibrations to scratch and stuff like that like that was always a thing like all the way back to like Mm -hmm. ps2 um and i i think by at this point now like the technologies that they got going on in there it's it's probably fine um, I almost feel like, actually, for sure, these co- both consoles—not even just the PS Five—I almost feel like they actually were built in mind to to stand up. Like that's the stand, main yeah. choice, to be honest. Yeah, um, it looks
1: they both look designed to that that be the preferable way to, and that's how they've marketed them too, right? Yeah. both of them have been yep. shown only standing vertically. Uh, Derek and um, Dan Phillips, you guys doing horizontal or vertical on your system setups? I did vertical on both of mine. Yeah, vertical. Yeah. yeah. that's the way to do it. See, so I'm gonna the way that I've got my system set up, because we still have toddlers running around the house, I keep them on the top of my entertainment unit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have turned that into its addition its own shelf. So my PS four, Xbox One Series X and Switch Dock are all along the top and they're kinda of spread out along the top of the entertainment unit. Yeah. So the PS five is gonna look like a hilarious like <laughs> <laughs> satellite dish sitting up on top of that thing. It's fine, um, but uh, so but I'm okay with that. But I also might I might lay it down. It, I don't know. It just depends. So, so the um, the, thing. the
3: base that the so the PlayStation Five actually comes with the base. It, it, past generations, you'd actually have to buy it separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the five, it actually comes with it. And when I was when I was watching the uh, the sort of final review uh, through Easy Allies of the PlayStation Five, uh, Blood was mentioning how. It makes sense too with the having it stand up vertically because when you have the 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 system standing up vertically and the base attached to it, it actually has like a screw that you can screw into the yeah. console um, on the side of the console when then you're standing it up. But there's no there's no sort of a screw hole on the on the bottom when
1: you have it horizontal.
0: So I'm saying guess... a lot
1: of words that Derek should be giggling about, but I don't hear anything. <laughs> I wonder if he fell asleep. I don't know. Maybe he's an old man, so
0: um doing research my phone is not downloading this is bullshit
3: (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, man so the base just the base just clips into the playstation 5 when you have it horizontal and he was mentioning how it almost kind of feels wobbly like there it does it doesn't feel sturdy because it's clipping into the system as opposed to like having like a screw to kind of hold it in place and have it be more sturdy so Uh um it just yeah it it absolutely makes way more sense that when they were designing these they're like yeah like vertical is like what we're gonna do like that's that's the predominant method of of having the system displayed well i also
1: get i I get nervous about having them vertical because on the off chance that some kids are wrestling around and even though the systems are up high where they're kind of protected Mm -hmm. they could still jostle the entertainment unit and then it, it just teeters and falls yeah and this, i don't know the, so, the base
3: is pretty sturdy and like i said it has a pretty nice screw that you just screw i'll probably it lay mine and,
1: down that's yeah. what i think i'll end up doing i'll probably okay. lay it down
3: maybe you should super glue it then
1: oh, super glue it yeah <laughs> that's what i need to do <laughs> I need yeah to. i have i didn't
3: test it horizontally to be honest because when he said that i was just like i don't want this thing wobbling so i just i just straight up just went vertical and i was like I bought actually a little um a little coffee table because I didn't actually have a spot to put the PlayStation five. Um, I had it on the floor for the first day, but I was like, I don't want this thing to just be on the floor. Um so I yeah. bought like a, a nice yeah. little coffee table to put beside where the TV is. Um I, I took that picture where I had the the light up PlayStation symbols. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, uh, that looked really good. Yeah. Yep. So it
3: just now sitting it has its own little table. That's how special it is.
1: So, there you go. That a boy. It's cute. Well, listen, uh, I do want to talk about some of the games we're playing. I know you guys have mentioned some of them, but I want to get a little more in depth into a couple of them, at least like Assassin's Creed. And I do want to hear a little bit more about Demon Souls. But uh, before we do that, I thought we should each go through, obviously not me because I don't have either of these things yet, but Derek, we'll start with you. And give me one thing that you want them to improve about each system. And then what is your current favorite thing about having... Either or you don't have to pick one for both. But a yeah. favorite thing about PS5 or Series X. So what's one thing you want them to fix like as soon as possible for either
0: one? Uh Call of Duty download. That's <laughs> um Okay. Apparently there's a lot of bugs. I haven't really ran into any except for this Call of Duty one, but I you know, I'm trying to do research on it. But as far as as far as improvements, the only thing I would say is what I said earlier about the Xbox. I know it's coming, but I'd like to see games, and then I would like to see an emphasis on them making the experience of first- and third-party games better on that console because ultimately Mm -hmm. that's going to be the selling point. And if they keep coming out even, then I'm not going to say they've lost. They haven't lost. I think they'll do good with Game Pass and all that stuff. But again, you didn't advertise this as get a Series X because it's the Game Pass box. You advertise this is the most powerful console, so make yeah, it the most yep. powerful console. Um, as far as things that I love, besides just being excited to own both of them, I really am excited. Um, I would say for me, it's the graphics, it's the way the games look. I know everybody's all about SSD, and y'all all know what i I think of SSD, Sony sucks. Well, come on, say it the way that say it the way I that mean, you normally say it, really. I can't say the last word because
1: this is a PG show.
3: Oh, what, what's your beef with SSD exactly?
1: No, but I remember that anytime he
0: talks about it, he always goes,
1: SSD, like, oh, like some here.
0: stupid southerner. <laughs> All right, but sure. it, for me, it's it's not that big of a deal. Um, my thing, I think it's a big deal. It's a man, huge but... deal. It Go is. Ahead. Well, that's, that's why my opinion <laughs> matters to me. So SSD is oh, fine, but it's not that big of a deal. For me, it's the way games look and run. Yeah. And that's what I'm enjoying the most of this. Like looking at Miles Morales, even Valhalla, now that I have it set up the way I want it set up, I messed and tweaked with the lighting and HDR and all that stuff, and I'm like, yes, this looks great. And I get to play it on my big screen, which means I can lay on the couch, whereas I, you know, will set up my computers on my monitor. So now I have two different locations for me to game. Um that's what I'm enjoying the most about these, uh, these, this system is, is the, the way these games do look on a console platform um, yes. and the way they are running and the options that they're giving you. I do also like the emphasis of being able to play old games and playing them better without them yeah. touching them.
2: Uh, everything old is new again on these consoles and (laughs) and that's true on on both of them anything i've played that has uh like a pro or x version that that has those performance modes and stuff like that everything old is new again it's uh it's worth reading.
0: bloodborne's still old
2: well yeah (laughs) except for bloodborne
1: yeah (laughs) uh dan phillips what about you what is um what are the things that you want them to improve on each system as soon as possible? Just one thing for each, maybe. And then what are you loving the most about next gen? Um,
2: all right. I'll start with the PS five. Um, the thing I'm, I'm probably loving the most on the PS five is. Um, oh, it, it, it's probably how the games look and run. Um, you know, Sekiro is just incredible looking um, at 60 frames a second uh Spider-Man, uh Demon Souls. The the games look good, but just how they run those frame rates, um, the SSD, how quick and everything is, uh, it's just it's an awesome experience. Um the thing that I think PS5 could fix immediately is is probably some of their bugs. Um mm-hmm. I've I've ran into a lot of bugs over the, the last weekend with the with my PS5. Couple uh you know system crashes in the middle of games. Um, Mainly, I'm I'm having a hard time with rest mode. Um, I started just closing out my games before I'd I'd put the console in rest mode um, because it wouldn't come out of rest mode properly. But I'm still having those issues pop up time to time. I'll I'll just uh, hit the PS button on the controller to turn the console on. And it'll just kind of come to a black screen and then fade gray and black and gray. And I, I never get to the home screen on it. And I just have to power it down. And then turn it back on on the on the PS5 itself to to get it to come up to the, the literally screen. the
1: opposite of quick resume.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it it takes you know forever sometimes to turn my my PS5 on because I got to turn it on two or three times before I actually get the screen there. So yeah, I think they, there that,
1: are some kinks they need to work out with the rest mode stuff. And maybe eventually allowing you to put more than one game into, you know, into, into
2: suspend. Yep, and yeah. and the quick resume is uh is is definitely a, a feature I am really enjoying on the the Xbox Series X. And um you know and they they could improve it slightly. I'm not a hundred percent clear on what games support it. Um and even some games that have supported it, they've turned off that feature because they're having issues with their their quick resume like Assassin's Creed Valhalla was quick resume supported on day one. And, and right now it's mm-hmm. not. So, you know, yeah. they're working out those things, but when it was working and I could pop from game to game, you know, that is, that is really cool. Um, But gotcha. I, I think the thing I, you know, I like most on the Xbox is probably the, the same as the PS five. The only difference being it's all actually working like it's supposed to. Uh, apart from the the quick resume on multiple games, um, you know, turning the system on and, and going into a game literally takes three four seconds. Um, that's a pretty cool feeling, and it just everything's quick, snappy. The games run great, look good. Um, and I'm I'm with Derek. I think the thing they need to improve is is have some uh, have some games that are designed just for the console and, and maybe take advantage of it. I get that they're, uh, advertising it, the most powerful console ever, you know, that's not what's selling me on it. You know, it's a powerful beefy box. It runs games great. And even if it did it the same as the PS five, I would be happy with it. Um, even yeah. if there's just marginal differences, I don't think it needs to go above and beyond it What these machines are pumping out is, is excellent. And, you know, I, I just think they need to, get their first party uh lineup rolling a little harder Well, they've
1: and, got plenty of studios let's get them going fellas
2: let's yep go. I think think of the they were just kind of had all their their eggs in one basket with halo infinite and that didn't work out for them and I, I think that definitely hurt them at the launch but um, yeah. long term you know with as many studios as they have I, I think they'll probably yeah be they've less acquired issue. so
1: many studios guys start putting out some games holy <laughs> crap hey by the way uh, I love that for the series X you can call the container that it came in your Xbox series Xbox. Oh, come on <laughs> Are you referencing uh, Luke's oh, yeah, uh, meme okay. that he posted? I love that meme. It's so fantastic. Yeah, I I literally was hysterically laughing <laughs> yeah. for like
3: a solid minute.
1: Like It really it really made me chuckle. Yeah. I, I love that. I love <laughs> All right,
2: that. Is, that uh, what good.
1: about what about you, Freitas? So like the thing that you hope they fix as soon as possible and then the thing that you're loving the most. Um well I mean, yeah, the the bugs, you know, that's just new console
3: woes, right? There's always there's always nope. shenanigans afoot when you buy a new a new box. Um yep. and definitely yeah, I've I've come I've come across a couple of uh of those bugs with the like Miles Morales when I was first uh when I first booted up. It was like I I was playing it and then it just like yeah, and then it, the 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 whole thing just froze up and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's concerning." And then I think it happened like one more time after that, maybe with Demon Souls. I think it I've had a total any, of any two... safe
1: progress or anything. Sorry, did lose any safe progress or anything?
3: No, um, I don't it just know. it just did that that whole thing that the PlayStation Four would do, like like if you had it in rest mode and you lost power it like didn't shut off properly, so it'd be like rebuilding yeah. the what you call it. Um, yeah, which was
1: terrifying the first yeah. <laughs> time it happened to my PS Four. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. So it did that, uh, but then it booted up and everything was fine. So yeah, I've, okay, I've had a okay, couple great. of uh, freezes, but otherwise, it's it's been pretty much just fine i haven't um had an issue with putting it in um in rest mode knock on wood so Mm -hmm. um that's good yeah that's you know so yeah you know they just need to iron that stuff out um but yeah if they can figure out something like a if they can figure out a quick resume that would be awesome um but like back to referencing the uh ssds um yeah i to me it's a big deal because like i'm not necessarily like a very impatient gamer but like i mean miles morales like from booting it up to like actually like playing it's like not even 10 seconds dude like it's insane yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's so very bad. different it's so it's bad. just completely and like fast travel is literally fast now so like when you say fast travel it actually means something now as opposed to back in.
2: like there is actually a setting in miles morales where if you want to turn on the subway loading yeah <laughs> screen or not you, you you can turn it on if you miss it but it is literally absent yeah. Uh, with that ssd
3: yeah because you basically pull up the the map you hold x to where you want to fast travel and it's like it just it's him going up the stairs and you're good to go it's literally like two seconds it's insane yeah Um, Yeah. yeah, i've noticed
1: that too on my uh assassin's creed Valhalla on pc yeah i've noticed the speed because i installed on the ssd compared to uh, other games that i installed just on the regular hard drive for the sake of space yeah and I have. I am. I'm with you. I don't consider myself an impatient gamer, but these stupid fast load times are making me impatient. Oh, yeah. for regular load times.
3: <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, it kind of does matter at the end of the day. Like if you are playing a game where you do want to fast travel a lot, or
2: yeah.
3: um, or things are, or a, a game where of... you
2: die a lot, right? Demon Souls. Yeah, yes. die a lot. Exactly. You get yeah, yeah. right back in it. No, no minute and a half, two minute loading screen yeah. like Bloodborne had.
3: Yeah, games mm-hmm. where like you kind of want to like. I'm trying to think of like um
2: like
1: a like a Super Meat Boy,
3: right? Where like the point of that game is you die a lot, so you just keep like mm-hmm. loading back in and and trying yep. trying something like something like or that. the
1: Trials games, right? By yes, Ubisoft, those exactly. Those yep, um, yep, and yep.
3: those didn't I didn't those didn't really load slowly, but like I would imagine now with SSD they're going to load even faster.
1: Right. Oh yeah, they actually didn't load at all. But yeah, I, yeah. I see what you're
3: saying. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. Um, yeah. but yeah, like yeah, it to me SSD is is very cool because it's just that speed is. You know, if you add up the time, I would imagine you're you're saving a, a good chunk of quite a few minutes. Um, right. When you're sitting, you get, down get a lot more
2: game special. gaming time than not waiting yeah. for stuff to load. So That's I think so it makes a big difference.
3: And it actually even almost, um I kind of feel like if you're the kind of person where like you're playing a game and you say you go into a new area of the map or something, and it's like taking a while to load. It's like an open world game, and it's taking like thirty seconds, a minute, a minute forty. Um, maybe you start looking at your phone you kind of start feeling distracted you don't feel as on the like
1: show to watch yeah, yeah
3: like you don't feel like you're actually sort of like in in the world right but like with things loading faster you're just not even you don't even have the time to like you know kind of stare at your phone for a second and, and wait impatiently or start getting right. distracted by other things you're just like oh right okay i'm i'm already in this new area so i'm still you know, playing like- the game. Yeah. So I think that's actually yeah, exactly. good too for sort of the immersion. Like you're not sitting there waiting for this dumb screen with words. They're like, yeah, sorry. This, you know, here's the loading. Here's some fun yeah. facts about whatever. It's like, no, nope, I'm just already at the place and I'm good to go. So.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if you listening, you folks who are listening, can't tell um, there's overall sense of, it sounds like to me, a lot of positivity around both these consoles. Yes. sounds like both of them have some, some cleaning up to do of maybe some bugs and some, you know, the expected uh, glitchiness of brand new tech. It's just, it's going to happen. And yes. so we know that they'll iron out a lot of that stuff, you know, game freezing, locking up and making you restart. That stuff will be addressed. Cause that's pretty uh, intrusive on your time mm-hmm. uh, maybe. And then features like a quick resume or a version of it uh, on the PS five. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they're looking into it and then maybe some sort of major update next year, they, they roll something out like that. But um the the issue of not having enough first party games mm-hmm. is one that really only Xbox can fix for themselves you know it's yeah. and i and i love that they're giving all the studios the time they need to create what they need to create it's totally fine but it just feels bizarre to me that if you look back through the history of their acquisitions over the last 5 to 7 years and they've had shockingly few games come out from these studios that they've acquired um if you just look at the timeline um and i know it's different for every company they're going to have a different Well, Uh, the staff and all that kind of stuff. It just it Mm -hmm. feels odd. I understand there's reasons for it. It just but feels the,
2: odd. The majority of them have been acquired though, in the last two to three years, maybe though. So I, I mean, they haven't all been having a lot of time to work on these things. The, the, the one game that's been in development the most there has been halo infinite. That's been yeah. five mm-hmm. plus years, but most of their new studios and everything that they bought have been uh, within the last two years. So, yeah. Cause that was that though.
3: E3 where uh, mm-hmm. Phil was on stage and he's like, we bought like nine new, you know, we got nine new yep. guys joining us and it was like, Oh, Oh, okay cool like you're finally doing something like <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah yep so yeah. It, it'll take them a little bit to get that stuff going and you know yeah. too bad they kind of had something ready for lunch but uh but you know those studios are going to start pumping stuff out and hopefully you see the fruits of that i mean they have know, bethesda world. now so yep
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i i still feel like i understand that some of them are more recent but i'm, I'm telling you look back some of them were as, as long ago as 2016 2015 And it's a little surprising, like, oh, they got those guys five years ago. Wow. Oh, yeah. What are they They,
0: doing? They've definitely been slow. Like, even the decision to make, like, a legit Fable game. Like, they totally screwed Fable up by releasing, what was it, Fable Legends. They didn't even really release it. They, like, put it out there, and then they're like, oh, nobody cares. We're going to cancel it. I thought it didn't get – wait, did it get released?
2: A beta did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Beta I did. Did.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So it, 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 they've made some stupid decisions, even like rare, they handled rare terribly for like seven or eight years. So they, they have not done a good job when they acquire somebody on how to handle them. And that's actually not to get sidetracked. Cause I do want to move forward with like the games that we're playing, but when they acquired Zenimax and they came out and they said, Hey, we own them or whatever. They didn't say it like that, but essentially we own them, but these guys still run the show. Like they're going to do what they got to do. That's actually a good thing because Microsoft, like I said, does not have a track record of acquiring somebody and then making good choices for them.
1: Absolutely. that's true. Again, that's why I said, I appreciate the kind of hands-off approach. You guys are the creators go create your thing and we're just here to support you. I, I do appreciate that. I think that's Awesome but I can't help but look at a calendar and how long we've been waiting for one of these first-party games coming out, and it's hard not to kind of go, huh, I wonder what's taking so long. That's all. It's It's not me saying that I hate them or that I won't play them. It's just... It's weird. It's taken a long time. Hopefully, that means there's really, really, really good stuff coming. And hopefully, to Dan Phillips' point, there's a lot of it coming in a big wave. I would love that. We'll, we'll see that. They those. are
3: all the open case. world games, every single one of them.
1: Every <laughs> single one is, an, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, with brand new engines, they couldn't use any existing assets. Yep, That's probably absolutely. what it was um all right well i want to talk a little bit about some of the games we're playing whether they're on your new consoles or in my case maybe on pc or some old console or whatever but uh, i just wanted to give my thoughts real quick on the biggest game in my opinion that released uh this past week alongside with the new console launches and it's of course across every platform for the most part and that's assassin's creed valhalla and um this is one that I of course played Odyssey start to finish, did all the DLC. I, I freaking love this series. I've always loved, uh, liked it a lot, um, but Origins, Odyssey, and now Valhalla are just confirming for me. I, it's got to be my favorite franchise at the moment. Um, now, when Witcher Four comes out, that'll probably change. You mm-hmm. know, someday down the line, but uh, that'll change back to the Witcher series. But um, anyway, I I am loving Valhalla. I will say this though, on PC, I was having some real bad luck with performance. At first I put the settings defaulted to very high with my system specs and it looked amazing. And then as soon as action started, everything got real jittery. So I started to panic. Like, did I overspend? Did my system suck? Is you know, am I an idiot? Um, It turns out it was just the Bluetooth connection I was using for my controller. And as soon as I plugged it in directly, things just went back to buttery smooth, no problem. And I haven't had a problem since then. So I don't know if it's that I need to buy that adapter for the, for my controller or, I just need to be okay with plugging in, which I'm okay with plugging it in. It's fine. I, I sit pretty close to the, you know, to the computer anyway. It's fine. Um, but anyway, I'm playing this thing. It's it's averaging around, it's between 60 and 70 frames per second, uh, holding really steady at 1440p. It looks really pretty. It runs, like Derek was saying, when you get the frames per second up to that level and at 1440p, Valhalla just looks gorgeous. It's so detailed. Um, it's absolutely stunning when you get to, Especially when you get to England and you get to start seeing the different colors and everything, it looks like, looks like nonstop autumn everywhere you go. It's just so gorgeous, mm-hmm. and uh, the characters actually look uh, realistic and and uh, and like human beings. Unlike something when Watchdogs was missing with the people as they were talking, like at times they would look okay, and then other times it was like, "What is wrong with their faces?" <laughs> so uh,
0: that anyway, this be is the a... biggest upgrade, like visually, yeah. is yeah. that they really improved. <laughs> animations and just how totally. characters look.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep. Their expressions, their eyes, the way they're looking around when they're talking, it's yeah, it's really, really good. Uh I love the armor and all the different uh visuals you can get there with all the weapons and armor and the way you can upgrade stuff. It just has a really realistic look and feel to it. Even when you go to the equip screen and it shows your character standing there, I'm like, dude, this looks like a real person stood there and modeled for this. Like it just looks so real. Um anyway. I'm absolutely loving it. I think the gameplay is great. Um, Getting into the groove with how it feels to, you know, how parry works. It's a little bit different than Odyssey was Um, and the different weapons you can use. Uh, The skill tree is really interesting because they use like a fog of war on the skill tree and you can't really see all the abilities until you start unlocking different sections Mm. and then it will unveil the next move. The good news is you can reset at one at a time or all at once any or all of your abilities or your upgrades that you want without any cost it allows you to totally customize on the fly. So you could, if you're just curious to see the whole map, you could kind of unlock an entire area with whatever points you have available and then just reset them and then try it again. So that is good. They give you a lot of customization and the ability to to switch back if you want to to something else. Also, what I thought was interesting is at the beginning, um, of course, it's an Assassin's Creed game. So there's a modern day component, which some people really hate on. I'm, I still really dig it. Uh, But anyway, um, they go back to the modern setting and there's a big glitch in the animus. And then they basically are saying there's two different data streams that are really fighting with each other. And you have to pick which one to go with either the male or female. So that's when it gives you the option to pick male or female version of the hero. That was was kind of interesting. Yeah. It it was weird. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Cause it's like, so what are they, cause I don't know if maybe down the line they explain, but like, what does that mean though? Cause like it's showing, it's showing that whole cutscene there. That's super intense by the way. And, yeah, and and it's yeah. it's Avor as the boy, and then like that happens, and it's like, well, so is is Avor actually a girl? Like, what's I'm not I'm not getting like I'm getting for the purpose of being like, oh, you can choose the gender, but it's like, I don't really yeah. understand what the confusion is there with the animus and, and and like the story of that. Like, I I thought that was very strange.
1: Well, they're very woke. That's number one yeah. you have to remember. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, no, I've, I just, I thought it was an interesting way to somewhat in the story explain why the uh, the user, we, get to select the gender of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it could just be that it's unclear. Yeah. Um, it's unclear if Eivor, the, this ancient hero, was actually a male or a female. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Whereas oh, with okay, uh, uh, Odyssey, it was there's an actual brother and sister and you pick which one to control. Gotcha. And then the other one plays a key role in the story. Um, in this one, it's, hey, we're unclear if this is a male or female. And so since there's two data streams pulling, you pick which one. Mm-hmm. So that way we can clean up the the data so the the history
3: books don't quite have the gender nailed down is what you're saying
1: that's that's what i kind of got from it you know it's similar to um by the way if you if you've got the season pass or if you're like me and you're playing it on ubisoft plus then you get access to the bonus mission for beowulf which Mm -hmm. was kind of interesting um but it's similar to that like beowulf the story it's it's unclear exactly Um, not only who wrote it, but also like um, all the details around it, what pieces of it were taken from real life, which, you know, how much of it is totally fabricated and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And this game tries to explain that a little bit in the story, which is cool. But I think it's the same thing where it's so long ago and there's not enough details around the specific character. It's hard for us to say if it was male or female. So I liked that. I thought it was fine. If you played Odyssey, especially if you played all the DLC There's some modern day stuff that happens at the end of the fates of Atlantis, the final DLC story stuff that happens in Odyssey. And there's some, some things that Layla Hassan either does or has to do or whatever. It's up to your interpretation. Whenever you play it, Mm -hmm. that they already carry over into Valhalla. And I I don't know if you guys have played it or, or are aware of it, but I'm sure you picked up on, Hey, some serious stuff happened. (laughs) And, uh, and she's obviously regretting whatever happened. And anyway, um it's an interesting connection they make if you if you haven't played uh the end of the Odyssey DLC uh with the modern day I stuff. Didn't even so I dig Odyssey the modern at all. day <laughs> stuff. Yeah, the main game. All right, right. It's it's ridiculous. It's very ridiculous long. game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um but all that to say, I'm loving Valhalla. It is it has shot right up there with Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us, Part Two, and just a couple of others as ones that I'm like, this is gonna be hard to pick my favorite game this year because it is it is so, so good. And once I got through my panic and I was texting with Derek about it, once I got through my panic of, did I get a crappy computer? Is something wrong with my cooling system? Once I realized, you know, I got past the Bluetooth uh, connection situation, man, I have just been having so much fun with this game. You guys been playing it and are you feeling the same way? Are you not
0: liking it as much? What are your thoughts?
2: Um, so- I- oh, go ahead, Derek.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I'll be real quick. Um, for me, like, I didn't like the first few hours. I don't know why, I just didn't feel it. But as I learned the systems and dove in more and more, um, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite. I don't know. I'm fifteen hours in, but I'm really enjoying it. There's some things that they do way better than Odyssey and Origins, which I absolutely love those two. Those are my two favorite Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed games now. Um but there are also some things that I don't like as much. like I feel like the combat isn't as cool um, mm. and I and it could just be what I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot of raids so there's not a lot of options to stealth and raid obviously you you're going into it like screaming and yelling and, and, and <laughs> yeah, obviously accurate historically, but it kind of becomes a little bland um plus my character is pretty op like a lot of the missions i'm doing they're saying suggested power level 20 and i'm like 40 something no, i'm really bad. pretty high um I so i don't right. i don't know if that's what's kind of making it a little bit more boring because i don't feel like i'm ever in fear of death but well it, and
1: also those those early raids too derek anything that's power 20 they throw very bland enemies at you, which you yeah. can beat with essentially light, light, heavy attack over and over again. A couple of dodges here and there. But I've gotten to some areas. I'm up to power. I'm just under 60. I'm almost to 60 now. Mm-hmm. And doing some of the, as you get deeper into the game, into the story, they start to get throw different enemy types at you who have different armor, different attack types. Then it starts to really feel like, oh, they do have more very variants to the combat. It, they just take a long time to introduce it, which is a bummer. Because it can feel – I'm with you. If you just keep doing the raids, which I think are cool, uh, they do start to feel repetitive. I'm, I'm totally
0: with you there. Yeah, but overall, my experience is it's my main game. So I have bought a ton of games. I, I didn't go through them here on the show, but I bought a ton of games. Obviously, you guys know I bought Call of Duty that I can't play. But Godfall, <laughs> Spider-Man Remastered, Miles Morales. I have basically all the major releases I bought them. Uh, but I decided from the get go I want to kind of stick with AC Valhalla, and then just kind of when I'm kind of burned out, I'll go and play some other stuff. But and you know try them out. But Valhalla is the one that's got its its hooks in me. It's a really really good game, and it's definitely- Derek.
1: You watched through all of Last Kingdom. We talked about this. Are you getting Last Kingdom vibes from some of this? Yeah. Some
0: even the the story missions I'm playing right now where the just kind of took me again you got to remember in last kingdom um it's more focused on england and less on the vikings the vikings are the bad people england's the good people um i mean there's a there's a little bit more to it than that but in this it's more your focus is the vikings and so you're getting to see like the internals of what they're trying to do so one of the things i like about this game is you kind of start out as this small, well, you're just, you're just going from, what is it, Norway to England. Mm-hmm. And so you're just a small group, and your whole point is to build up your army so you can start taking over more and more locations. So as you do some of the story missions, I like how they're starting to work with, I think one of the missions I'm doing right now, they're trying to trust this guy who wants to become a king. Uh, he wants to dethrone a king in England at one of the areas, and so I, my character even asks, "Can we can we trust this guy?" And he says uh-huh. it right in front of him, and he's like, "Well, you know, of course you can." But you yeah, <laughs> know, that's that's the stuff that yeah, definitely might have been the last kingdom um back to your point about the facial expressions i had that same
1: response you know you get to pick the response i said the same thing how do we know we can trust him did you notice the other three npc characters all turned together and looked at the king like yeah well how can we trust you Yeah. like i loved that moment and it's to your point earlier it's because they improved the animations especially in the faces so much that that almost felt like a tv show moment where your your main character says how do we know we can trust this guy Everyone in the room then kind of agrees with that question silently and turns and looks to the king like, yeah, how do we know we can trust you? And I, I just loved that. Mm. that. That's something that's relatively new to storytelling in games, I think.
0: Very good. It's very good. That's
1: my short version. It's really, really good.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dan Phillips, what are you thinking about this game?
2: Um, I'm I'm a big AC fan too. I mean, I love the the last few games. Um, the more RPG setting that they're going, and I'm I'm only six hours into Valhalla so far, and it does start off a little slow. Um, you know, even a little bit with the story and and some of the combat and and what have you. But I'm just absolutely loving it. Uh, The more I'm getting into it, and the more this is starting to build um it it's just uh it's hitting all the right notes for me i i like what they did with the gear and the loot in this one you're not just picking up uh 50 different battle axes just to sell them off um Mm. the ones that you find are actually unique and and have uh, different uh attributes to them and you can upgrade them and assign runes and stuff to strengthen them in different ways so I think all that's really cool and uh you know I'm still in Norway right now 6 hours in uh I haven't even there's, started There's so much to do even in the opening and, area you know yeah, and and I've went through most of the main story missions in the opening area so far but I am trying to explore all the map and and find all the wealth and and different things and and the, it really does reward you for finding this stuff um you know I'm getting you know the a lot of different special moves Um, you know, like the axe throw and the bull rush and and things like that and unique armor sets and weapons. And um, so it's worth going out and and looking for this stuff. And and it does make the combat a little more unique. And as you build those types of things, granted, the enemies still are are all pretty basic. Um, But I'm just loving it. It's uh, gorgeous. It uh, runs great just experiencing uh, an Assassin's Creed in this way um, in the 60 frames a second. I mean, it's just a joy and Uh, I can be happier with it. It's definitely, like like you said, it's going to be tough when it comes to picking my favorite game of the year. Um, I think this is better than Odyssey. Um, You know, so far I'm, I'm liking the ways that has changed the, the combat's crunchier and, and just feels a little different. And I I dig it so far. The only thing is, like you said, with the the skill tree and, and upgrades, that's kind of weird because you don't really know what you're progressing towards um yeah and so as things uncover i'm I'm kind of looking at things going oh yeah I'd, I'd like to go after that ability so i'm yeah. just going after that ability and then as it progresses i don't really know what i'm missing out on um is the only downside to that but like you said you can respec at no cost and and you could open up that that whole skill tree and see what it all is pretty easily
1: i mean it's kind of intuitive if you go you know the if you go the upwards direction that's all the power moves and then you go more towards a berserker because it really favors dual wielding weapons as opposed to using a shield and you can utilize the weapon you can swap between your weapons with a certain move later where if you've got something in your weak hand that you now want to swap to your strong hand for a certain enemy so there's some cool stuff uh that you can do that direction but i lean more towards the um i guess you could call it the stealth but it's not just mm-hmm. the stealth moves like, i want to be able to chain assassinate but i also want to be able to um, you know, quickly mark enemies. That's one big thing I don't like about this is marking enemies is a bigger chore than it was yeah. in the previous game. Yep. And maybe it's because the Hawk or Eagle, whatever, maybe he was OP before. I don't know. But I, what in Odyssey, I just got into this rhythm of every area that was going to be restricted or they were going to attack me. I would find a place to hide, send my Hawk up and mark every enemy I could find and every treasure I could find, and then work my way through. Yep. This doesn't really let you do that. Uh, at least not that I can see.
2: No, and, and that is a little different. And like you said, I don't know if they just made it OP in Odyssey, but I, I kind of became accustomed to doing that too. So now it's just uh using that um I don't know Viking site or whatever to to kind yeah. of see see your surroundings and in, in smaller chunks and going about it that way, but it's a little different experience in that in that sense of it. So um, It
1: definitely took some pages out of the Witcher Three handbook as well. Um, even with the armor type. So there's like bear, wolf, and raven from what I can tell so far. And each of them lend themselves towards a different style of gameplay. Bear, of course, is going to be more of your berserker. Uh, Wolf is going to, I think, be more with poison. Uh, and then Raven, I think, is more about stealth. Uh, there's probably more nuance to it than that. But that's just yep. kind of what it seems like at a glance. So they they definitely are borrowing from The Witcher 3 a little bit. And they've always done this. Uh, I shouldn't say always. The recent games have, have all three pulled from The Witcher 3 quite a bit. Origins mm-hmm. did odyssey even more and now i think about holly even more uh, one of the big things they do is they'll take some ancient story and in my case it was just the beowulf one recently and then they'll do the same thing they do in the witcher 3 a lot and that is they'll ground it in this kind of gritty reality type setting perhaps and then it turns out it's you know not everything is what it seems um at, you know in some cases of course witcher 3 has no problem with it being an actual monster either so know mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway I'll have to say I like what they've pulled from The Witcher 3 because obviously I love that game. I'm okay with that.
2: Yep. And I, I think what they do get from that in the RPG elements and, and stuff, you know, I mean, all that's really nice. My favorite thing about the Assassin's Creed series, though, is being an assassin. And I, I like the stealth and, and assassinating people. And I get the raids don't really lean into that. Um, and I, I like, you know, in Odyssey, when all hell would break loose, you know, just being able to, to, to mow down, you know, a, a big horde of enemies. I mean, that that's a lot of fun. And I like doing that too, um, but as I'm going around and exploring Norway, uh, I'm finding these forts and encampments and stuff like that, and, and going around and, and you can still go through and, and completely stealth everything, and it's, it's a little bit more of a challenge. And I, I think the AI is a little smarter; like they see you a little easier and a little quicker. And I, I think with some of your armor sets and um, and stat boosts, you know, you you can uh, you can increase that so you're maybe a little sneakier, but uh, it, it's right. still all very much there and And you can do all that that you always have. It just has has an emphasis on open combat as well.
1: Yep. Yep. There's less of the bar slowly filling while they kind of see you, but kind of don't. And it's more of, Hey, they spotted you and you now have a split second to decide what am I going to do? Do I want to hit them first? Do I want to try to hide real quick and all those things. Um, There's actually a move that if you're spotted, it gives you like essentially slows down time to give you a chance to aim your bow and arrow at them for a quick shot before they can call out things and like that. They matter.
2: actually also uh, brought back the instant assassination, even for like high level targets. It they give you a little yeah. mini game kind of button press. So if you upgrade to the right skill, uh, you you can sneak up on a high level target, and if you time the button press right, you'll kill them in one shot. So yep. I did like they Which brought nice, back. Cause
1: it, it. Does make you feel like an assassin more than Odyssey did in that respect for sure. Um. Yeah, because in Odyssey, there was a lot of enemies that you would like, okay, I stealth attack them, but it only takes down like a third of their health. That's yep. that's great. Um, the other thing I'll mention too is uh, it's not too far into the game. and I'll try to stay kind of, I, I won't give any spoilers here, but they certainly aren't shying away from the kind of supernatural and mystical again, just like they did with Odyssey. There was a good amount of that if you dug deep enough. Um, and they don't shy away from that here. There's a There's a section where you get someone who gives you I won't say who it is. Uh, There's someone who gives you some kind of potion that then brings a certain dream to life. And it's just really interesting that it's like, whoa, there's probably more to this than meets the eye with who my character is and what the background is of all this stuff. Hmm. Um, I I like that they're not afraid of digging into the supernatural a little bit because I really did enjoy what they did with Odyssey. And it makes you question like, is this part of the simulation? Is this just a dream? Is, you know, what is going on? But it's just still enjoyable. Um, Obviously with Odyssey, it was all about, hey, I get to actually go to hades and fight um fight hades himself or you know go to atlantis and and uh uh and help Poseidon or whatever so so there's there was some cool stuff there but it was all a big question mark of is this a simulation is this real what what is my experience here and with this one it's a little different um they do add some stuff though and it's early on it's not just dlc so i'm I'm curious to see what you guys think about that as you get deeper into the game but listen we are hitting An hour 20, and I don't want to miss a chance for us on this podcast to talk about games like Spider-Man, Demon's Souls. I do want to hear about Astro's Playroom and Godfall. Uh, But I suggest we call it for this week where we've talked about the new console launches and the big game that was released, I think, that we've all played. That's Assassin's Creed. And then next week, we'll take a deeper dive into some of these other games, uh, if you guys are okay with that. Unless there's something you really want to highlight before we close it out. Just want to throw out there... I, I just want to throw
3: out there that this new Assassin's Creed is basically third person Skyrim.
1: Say <laughs> yeah. Kind of except varies. that it's fun to play moment to moment. That's the yep.
2: funnest game. The funnest. That's the major play. difference. Derek, what were you saying?
0: I was just going to say. I, I mean, we definitely should talk about them next week, but I think yeah. the consensus would be that it's they're good. They're all good.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's they, so many good games this week. It's they are good.
0: Yeah. Especially
2: Call of yeah. Duty, it's really good. Call of Duty is great. Uh, is the loading good there. also?
3: Is the, the, yeah, the, how's lo- the loading go? the downloading yeah. good?
1: Doing great. Thanks. It's <laughs> good to hear. It's good to hear. Well, listen, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Dan Phillips, for joining us, and uh, Freitas and Derek uh, as well. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your new consoles, all of you who got one. Those of you who are in the same boat as me and you're waiting, just be patient. It's going to happen. There'll be a, the, the right wave from the right retailer will come across. Uh, your attention do and you'll you be able, able to grab at them.
0: sony and microsoft that you're mad and that you'll never buy their consoles again because <laughs> yeah. it's
2: unacceptable yeah. you no, i mean well here's yeah, the that thing that'll, that'll definitely do something here's the thing
3: they're not making any more that was it tim you, you lost that was it that was, it. That was it. Oh, that's,
2: too bad. It.
1: that's too bad for me yeah if there's one thing i've learned it's that sony and xbox they don't want everyone to have their console no. that's for sure no, they're they trying to make their that.
3: products seem more prestigious by barely making millions of them, like
1: or they're making as many as they can. And this is a crazy time in the world, <laughs> and it's fine. It's totally fine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys again. Really appreciate you taking time, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya. Sixty frames.